This is Craig from the innermost recesses of your mind, and you're listening to Run, Jump, Stomp. On episode 31 of Run, Jump, Stomp, we've got square subscriptions, we've got a level squish, we've got backlash for Shenmue, those stories and more on this episode of Run, Jump, Stomp. everybody welcome back to run jump stomp your thoughts on gaming if you want to get run jump stomp and my other shows ad free for as little as a dollar check out the patreon over at patreon.com slash run jump stomp for as little as a dollar you can get access to all of my stuff no ads and that's really the best way uh share your thoughts this is your thoughts on gaming share your thoughts with the community become a part of the podcast by joining over or leaving a voicemail over at runjumpstomp.com slash voicemail. You uh, click the show you want to leave a voicemail for and say it from any device. Uh, leave a voicemail. It may end up on the show. And speaking of ways that you can become a part of the show, I record the show live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, usually on Fridays, usually at 3 p.m. And if you want to be part of the show, get on here and talk to me. If you're a regular, you can do that by heading on over to our Discord, which you can find over at runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. You join the green room during the show, and if I'm taking calls that day, I will grab you, pull you into the call-in room where I am sitting, and uh, you can tell us your thoughts on games, and we'll have a little uh, conversation all about whatever it is that you want to talk about in the gaming industry. All right, so... Now that we've got all the housekeeping out of the way, let's talk about Square. Which way Oh my goodness, Square Enix is, well, they're doing a thing and I'm not sure how I feel about it. There's a couple different ways that I feel like this could go. This could either, either be really, really awesome or it could be terrible. And if the past is any precedent, I think it's probably going to be terrible. But before I give my full opinion, I figure I should probably fill you in on exactly what it is we're talking about. So let's say that you want to play an old game. Uh, um, let, let's say you want to play an old Square game, something like um, Final Fantasy VI. Uh, there's a couple different ways for you to play Final Fantasy VI. You could find your, go to like a retro shop and find yourself a Super Nintendo, find yourself a cartridge of Final Fantasy VI, or buy it on eBay. Uh, then you'd have to buy a way like um, probably like a converter that would convert like the red, yellow and uh, white jacks, the RCA jacks. You'd have to find something that would convert those to HDMI and hook it up to your TV. And now you can play Final Fantasy VI the way it originally came out. Or you could go out and find yourself an old fashioned CRT television and hook it up that way. And you could see what is all the fuss about fuss about for Final Fantasy VI. This is something I've considered because I've never played Final Fantasy VI. I've probably played maybe 10 minutes of it. I've never really gotten into it. Uh, but it's definitely something that's on my wish list. I'm just too busy right now to play everything that I want to play. Um, so that's one way that you could play Final Fantasy VI. Another way 
that you could play Final Fantasy VI is on a Super Nintendo Classic. Uh, Super Nintendo Classic, if you don't know, came out last year or maybe it was the year before. I'm not sure. And the Super Nintendo Classic is really, really awesome. It has HDMI out. It has a bunch of games on it. One of those games being Final Fantasy VI, although I think it might say Final Fantasy III on it. And um, it's it's a really good system, and it allows you... It's much cheaper than going out and finding a Super Nintendo as well as a cartridge for Final Fantasy VI and a HDMI converter. It's much cheaper to go out and buy a, uh, a, a, a SNES Mini, as people will sometimes call them. Uh, so that's another option. Yet another option is you could buy a cartridge for Final Fantasy VI and a ripper, which will take the you plug the cartridges into the ripper, and it will take the uh, the 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 ROM off of the cartridge and download that to your computer. Then you could download an emulator and play it on an emulator. Uh, that's probably the I don't know if it's the cheapest option. Um, like I have a Raspberry Pi that has some of these games on there. And that's, that's what I did. But, you know, I did it a long time ago, so I can't remember how much the Ripper costs. Um, but the, uh, the games on there, like, it, it's not going to be exactly the way it was back in the day. Another way that you could play Final Fantasy VI, and this goes for a lot of different games, but another way that you could play Final Fantasy VI is you could get it from Steam. Now, if you did get it from Steam, you would be, especially if you'd played it before you would probably be a little disappointed in what you actually uh, received because it would be different than it originally was back in the day. Like a long time ago, uh, Final Fantasy VI looked very different than Final Fantasy VI does on the uh, PC through the port. I'm actually bringing up Final Fantasy VI on here. So if you're watching this over on my YouTube channel, which, you know, you could be. It's awesome. Uh, make sure you join us over at uh, youtube.com slash run jump stomp. But if you're watching on the YouTube channel, then you're about to see that the game just does not look like it originally did back in the day. They updated the graphics and a lot of people, myself including, I'm sorry, myself included, just can't stand the way that the new graphics look. The old graphics were much, much better. The The old UI was better. Uh, pretty much everything was better back uh, in the original version. And this version of the game just kind of looks... It just looks bad. It just looks real bad. So I'm not a fan of what Square did with that with that update. Now, why am I telling you all of the different ways that you can play Final Fantasy VI? Well, if you want to play the original version, there's not a lot of easy ways to do it. Most of the ways to play Final Fantasy VI are either A, difficult, or B, not the original game. And because of that, I think a lot of people just pass on it, which is too bad because from what I hear... It's one of the best RPGs of all time. My my very good friend back in the day, we used to work at an internet company together for tech support. And he used to always, he would rave. This is back in the days of dial-up. He would rave about how fantastic Final Fantasy 
6 was and how it was the greatest RPG ever. Now, is it still the greatest RPG ever? I don't know because I haven't played it, but it's definitely on my list of things that I want to play. And I would very much like to be able to play it without having to go get my Super NES Classic to hook up. Because while I love my Super Nintendo Classic, I would very much rather just play it on my Switch or play it on my PC. But I want the I don't want the new version. I want the original version. I want the, the old school cool version. And right now, there's no real easy way to do that. But that all could be changing very soon. How so, Bill? Well, let me tell you. Well, according to a Game Informer article here, uh, Square Enix is working on making its complete library, that's all of the games, available digitally. Okay? All of the games available digitally. That means you would be able to go out and find any game that came from Square and be able to play it on uh, on a modern platform, probably. At least I would assume so. Um, listen, Square Enix has been around for a really, really long time. They have a huge library of games, and some of them you can easily play today, and some of them you cannot. And um, Mr. Uh, Yasuke Matsuda, he's the president and CEO of Square, he said... We are working on on doing that in a variety of ways. That is a request that we hear often. As far as our major titles go, most of those we still have variations on out that you can play now. The more classic titles that you might have played on the NES, we're still working hard to make it so that you can play those. We've actually launched a dedicated project internally to port those, so we are working on making them available on a variety of platforms. Certainly down the road, we would have we would like to see that on a subscription or streaming service. So we're exploring the possibility of creating a dedicated channel for ourselves. What? Hold on now. Hold the phone. So what we're saying, or what Mr. Matsuda is saying, it seems like that uh, Square is considering the possibility of creating their own subscription service that ha- would have give you access to all of their games. And that is not a huge surprise. The reason it's not a huge surprise is because lots of game developers are doing this. EA has a subscription. Ubisoft is about to have a subscription. Microsoft has a subscription. And now Square is going to have a subscription. He also said that they're looking at doing this on a lot of different platforms because they don't want to leave any stone unturned. Square is one of those places or one of those um, publishers that puts their stuff all over the place, which is great. It's great. I, I don't blame them. I think it's fantastic. Don't don't take this as criticism of Square. They put their stuff everywhere. Now, sometimes... I think I said at the beginning of this, this could either be really, really good or this could be really, really bad. All right. Let's talk about how it could be really, really good. I would love to be able to play some of these old games and be able to play like the old school classic versions of them wherever the hell I want. Maybe on Google Stadia. Uh, That would be fantastic. He talked about streaming there. All right. Maybe on Project X Cloud. He talked about streaming. I'd also like to be able to play them on my Nintendo Entertainment, or I'm sorry, my Nintendo Switch, uh, and I would like to be able to try and play them on my PC. Like, there's a lot of different places that I would like to be able to play them. And I would assume, based on past precedent, 
that Square Enix is going to price most of these games at somewhere between $8 and $20. And I think that that's fair. I think that that is fair. Um, Square Enix games are notoriously long games. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like, they're they're not a short affair. You get into these games and you're in for the long haul if you want to complete them. And I think it's fair that they charge that much money for them. However, here's how it could get really bad. The way that it could get bad is if, first off, if they do an exclusive anywhere, I don't think they will. But if they do an exclusive, I think that's, that's bad. Uh, and I think Square would prefer that they can get uh, the, the money of as many customers as possible. But the way that it could be bad is if the subscription is too expensive. Now, as much as I adore Square Enix games, and as much as I think that they often make fantastic experiences in the world of video games, they also tend to price things pretty high, especially old stuff. Do I think that it's worth $20 for Final Fantasy 1? No. Maybe 8 bucks, sure, that's fine. So the fact that they would be char- that, that in the past I've seen them charge $15 for Final Fantasy 3 on the iPhone, which then does not have an iPad version or if I want to play the iPad version, I have to buy it again. Like that is not cool and that has happened in the past. That, that tells me that Square wants to make sure that each time that you buy the game, you're buying it again for like your, your license to buy this game does not transfer from one to the next, to the next, to the next. You're not going to be playing it wherever the hell you want. You're going to be playing it in one place. At least that's what my guess is. And if that's the case, if they're going to make us so that we have to buy them, then... If you buy it in one spot, that's the only spot you can probably play it in. However, if they go with a subscription, my guess is like the price for the subscription is probably going to be prohibitively, prohibit, prohibitively, having trouble with that word, uh, prohibitively expensive. And that's because Square values their games. And I understand that. Uh, We have this problem on mobile where developers have raced to the bottom to get down to the lowest possible price. And that has trained people who want to play a game on their cell phone. It has trained them that you shouldn't pay very much money for a game on your phone. And I don't agree with that. I I, I think that that's bad, not, not just for that game, but it's bad for the industry as a whole. And... Uh, like Square is just going to make it too expensive, I think. Anyway, um, Masuda also talked about other publishers doing similar things. Uh, Bethesda had their announcement of a streaming service. I don't think that that's quite what Bethesda was talking about. Bethesda was talking about middleware that was going to work with things like xCloud and Google Stadia. Um, Like they weren't making a Bethesda streaming service. Uh, but uh, he also said, I think everyone's going in that direction. So we do want to be proactive in considering these options. We still don't know if it would be a subscription service or an exclusive downloading service or what form it might take, but we do want to leverage our catalog. Um, He also said, 
that there are some games that they're going to have trouble finding. Uh, and this is this is because he says, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but in some cases, we don't know where the code is anymore. It's very hard to find them sometimes because back in the day, you just made them and put them out there and then you were done. You didn't think about what were you going to, um, I'm sorry, you didn't think about selling them down the road. Uh, sometimes customer asks, why haven't you released a certain game yet? And the truth of the matter is because we don't know where it is. That is really troubling. And uh, it, 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 go, it just goes to show that it's it's a very good thing that uh, people have ripped these games, um, ripped them from the original cartridges and have the ROMs out there on the internet. Uh, I'm not saying piracy is good, but what I'm saying is that that's probably the only reason that certain games will be preserved. Now, porting a game when all you have is the ROM is a very, very difficult task to accomplish uh, when you don't have access to the original uh, source code. And that's going to cause problems, I think. Uh, but, you know, if, if there's going to be money to be made, then I think that Square will find a way to make it happen. All right, let's take a second. We're going to thank our sponsors. I'm going to take a drink of, of water. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about something called Level Squish. All right, I guess I didn't get to take a drink because that was really fast. Um, Blizzard, uh, they, they've got a question for you. Uh, they, they asked a survey, and it's a really weird question. They said, are you aware? Let me see if I can find the actual question. Uh, it says, are you aware that a level squish is, uh, will be coming in the future? Now, somebody might be asking, what the hell is a level squish? Well, in World of Warcraft, actually in any MMO, in any continuously developing uh, video game, as time goes on, you, the characters tend to get more and more powerful. And so, uh, you know, a character at level 60 has a certain amount of power and a character at level 100 has a lot more power, if that makes sense. And what, make, what makes a lot of sense as far as like damage numbers, when the max level in the game was 60, and we're talking about World of Warcraft, by the way, uh, what makes sense as far as like damage numbers against a, a monster that you're fighting when the max level of the game was 60 doesn't make sense when the max level is 100 because as your character becomes more and more powerful, those numbers just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger until you're doing like millions of damage every second to the enemy that you're fighting. And after a while, it just becomes just really unwieldy and so what Blizzard ended up doing uh, eventually, I can't remember during, I think it was during Cataclysm, I could be wrong, but during one of the expansions, Blizzard did what they called a numbers squish, where they took all of the numbers in the game and they just kind of reduced them. Um, and basically how it worked is because everything was reduced, uh, like both the hit points of the enemy that you were fighting was reduced and the damage that you were doing was reduced and everything in the game was kind of reduced by the same amount. The game felt the same, but it was more efficient 
and there were less ridiculous numbers happening, which is cool. That was a few years ago, and Blizzard has been adding to World of Warcraft over time, and it just keeps getting more, the characters keep getting more and more powerful. And some people would say, well, at times, it sounds like it's time for another item squish, so we can get all those numbers down to a more manageable level. But what um, the current uh, game director of World of Warcraft, uh, Ian Hazacostas, is saying is that maybe we'll do a level squish. And what that means is... Like the top level in the game right now, I haven't played since the. Uh, I think the. I think my, uh, my, paladin, which is my main character, or was it a? I can't remember what my main was. I think it was a paladin. Oh no, it was a warrior. Uh, my warrior is like a level one hundred and twenty right now, um, and my guess is what they're going to do is they're going to take those super like the level one hundred and twenty. And they're going to squish it down to a lower number. Now, why would they do this? Because why wouldn't, like, I, I, I hear people wondering, well, why wouldn't they just do an item squish again? Reduce all of the numbers in the game in order to make it so that um, it's easier on the game and, and the coders and the, the numbers don't get out of control again. Well, as the game continues to have expansion after expansion after expansion it's kind of daunting for a new player to look at world of warcraft and say oh well you know what i'm going to download the 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 demo and as after i download the demo i'm going to you know play level 1 through 20 and check out the game and see what it's like and they they play through level 1 through 20 and it takes a certain amount of time and then they look and they say, man, that took me a really long time. And the highest level in the game is 120. That's going to take me forever. I don't have time for that. So I'm not going to play World of Warcraft. I'm going to pass on it and move on and try something else. Something that isn't going to use up quite so much of my time. And I can understand why somebody might do this. So... Ian Hazakastas, his his response is, well, what if we just made all of the levels less? Like, maybe they're going to go back to 60, being the highest level in the game. I think that that's a great idea. I think that they should let people... There's so much content out there, and the game intelligently... Like, these days, it didn't used to do this, but the game intelligently um, scales based on what level you are and the place that you are. I don't know if it does it as well as other games like uh, Guild Wars 2 does a much better job at that um, scaling based on where you are. But uh, World of Warcraft does do that that level scaling so that you are always kind of in an area that is roughly a good level uh, or a, a good challenge for you. And I, I think that that's a great idea. But what I think would be an even better idea is instead of just get rid of levels. That's my solution, is get rid of levels altogether. All right? You're not a level 5 paladin. You're a paladin. And it doesn't matter what level you are. Now, the only reason why people might not want to do that is because 
then there wouldn't be progress. Like there has to be some way to slowly teach the player how to play the game. I know it's not like this anymore, but back in the day, World of Warcraft had like 40 buttons for you to hit and you had to slowly learn each ability and figure out, okay, I want to use this ability in this situation and I don't want to use this ability unless this happens. So if they give you that all at once, it's overwhelming and you're like, I don't know what to do. Uh, So people might say this is overwhelming and give up. And I don't know what the solution is, but I think it would be really cool if there were no levels in the game, you just started as a, a warrior or a rogue or a druid or a hunter, and you still slowly gained your abilities over time, but your number, your level never changed. It was always just, you are a hunter. And why would that matter? Well, it would matter because then you could go wherever you wanted in the game. Earlier, when I said that World of Warcraft uh, intelligently keeps things at about your level, that's true, except when it's not. Um, they, they scale down really, really well. So if I go to some place, uh, if I'm like level 60 and I go to a level 40 zone, it kind of intelligently makes me like a level 40 character. It doesn't increase or decrease the ele- the the power of the enemies around me instead it does that to me if i go if i'm a level 40 character and i go to a level 60 area i'm dead i'm just done there's nothing i can do about it and that makes it hard to invite your friends to play like if you've been playing world of warcraft for 14 years that's such a weird thing to say but if you've been playing World of Warcraft for 14 years, then and, and you 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 are hanging out with somebody and you're like, man, this is like my favorite game. You should try it. And they're like, well, I've always been interested in World of Warcraft, but I never knew anybody that played. Uh, so yeah, I'll check it out with you. Oh, you're level 120 and I'm level one. Uh, I can't go and do the things that you're doing right now. And for you to come back and do the things that I have to do. Like, that's not going to be fun for you because you've already done all that stuff. So one of two things happens. Either either the two friends don't really play together until the lower level guy catches up to the higher level guy. Or um, the higher level guy goes down power levels, the lower level guy, by killing everything while he gains the XP. He levels up real fast. And that's not fun either. The lower level guy ends up leaving. Another option would be that the uh, higher level guy makes a brand new character and they play together, which is cool and probably really fun for the lower level guy and probably a little fun for the higher level guy, but they're seeing content that the higher level person has already done. And that's not going to be super fun either. So what's the best way to do it? I think the best way to do it is like Elder Scrolls Online does it, where it doesn't matter what level you are. Yes, there are levels in the game, but it doesn't matter what level you are. When you go to, like, if you make a level one character in the brand new zone, you're fine. It, the game just intelligently scales it, and it, it just works fantastically. Um, so I, I think that I, I like the idea that World of Warcraft might get rid of some of the levels, but I think that that's a half step. And 
I would prefer it if they tried to do it a little more elegantly. Now, let, let me look at see what people in chat are saying. Um, uh, Fisto says, why don't they do seasons like Diablo? Well, the thing about World of Warcraft is that game is all about your persistent character and the things that you've accomplished over a very long period of time. In Diablo, these seasons basically make it so you delete your, you don't delete your character, but you stop playing that character in order to make a new one. And it doesn't quite work the same way. Over the last 14 years, World of Warcraft has always been about taking that character that you've been working on and progressing them further. And sure, some people start over and play a different character. But a lot of people, the only reason that they still play WoW is because of all of the time that they have invested into that character. That character is a person. They're 14 years of work into that character. And that's hard to give up. Really hard to give up. Um, TF Wagner says, just buy a character from China. Don't, don't do that. Because I know, I know TF Wagner's just joking. But don't do that. Uh, these people just steal other accounts and then they steal your credit card information. Uh, so it's, it's a bad, 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 bad mojo. You don't want to support that kind of nonsense. Um, smash block, your character doesn't level. You just have better equipment. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Smash block says, what about an armor weapon system like in Diablo that your damage, etc., just increases as you get new items. So your character doesn't level. You just have better equipment. That's what I was saying. Uh, but also like if we ran into, if we did that, then if the higher level character came down to the lower level area, you would need to make sure that the game was intelligently taking their gear and getting rid of all that extra power that they have, that the other character, uh, other characters wouldn't have, because I've done this before where I've, where I've partied with somebody who has a very powerful character and we walk into the area and something that takes me 10 hits to kill, they'll kill in one hit. And that means that I never actually get to hit anything because I run up there and they've already hit it and I swing and the thing's already dead. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's no fun either. It, look, there's a million different ways that this can go. There's a million different uh, solutions that, that Blizzard could try. I'm just, I'm very happy that they are are willing uh, willing to try something to change that game up or, uh, be, or to change that game up. I think that it's very interesting. All right, let's take a quick break. Hopefully this time I'll have a chance to take a drink before the little sound effect uh, is over. And then when we come back, we will talk about Shenmue 3. Big Four, a jungle adventure game designed by David Crane from Activision. All right, Shenmue 3. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Shenmue 3, I mean, back in the day, I remember when the first Shenmue came out, I had um, I had a Dreamcast. I think it was a Dreamcast, or was it a Saturn? I had both, so I can't remember which one it was, but I had a Dreamcast, and um, Shenmue, I was playing it on it, and I remember going out to the other room and getting my mom and being like, Mom, you've got to see this game, it's amazing, and... and I, she came in and I walked around the world for a little while and, and she, of course, humored me and, and pretended that she was really, really impressed. Um, but like at the time, I was just like, wow, they really they made it feel like a real world. And I was so impressed with that. 
the game itself, while I, I felt like the world building was awesome, did not get my attention very much. It was just basically a series of quick time events, one after another after another, and that, I never really cared for that kind of gameplay. If that's really what I wanted, then I could just play Dragon Quest uh, in the arcade, you know what I mean? Uh, but because I wasn't super impressed with the gameplay, I never played Shenmue 2, which a lot of people say is much, much better than the original. And then when Shenmue 3 was announced, it was pretty uh, pretty well uh, received. Um, they did a Kickstarter to get this game to come out. Like, they did crazy things like you can get Rio's uh, jacket uh, if you backed at a certain level, like his leather jacket, which it was a really high priced item. Uh, so if you, if you, uh, pledged at a certain amount on the Kickstarter, you got that kind of thing. And one of the things that showed was that, uh, th they, they talked about steam, steam keys coming to certain tiers. They had, uh, steam icons, in their marketing for the Kickstarter. So a lot of people said, oh, okay, well, this is coming to Steam and I'm happy with this. And I, I'm sure that by now, if you've listened to the show of, uh, if you listened to the show before, then you probably can see where this is going. Uh, Epic Games, which had, you know, they own Fortnite and Fortnite is bringing in piles and piles and piles of money for them. Uh, they recently announced that Shenmue 3 would be a Epic Games Store exclusive on PC. Wait a second, said all of the Kickstarter people. Hold the phone here. I backed it before Epic Games made this deal, and I was promised a Steam key. So what the hell's going to happen? And, um, you know, one fan on Kickstarter said this is greedy and underhanded. If you won't provide Steam keys, then you had better offer us a refund. And uh, the publisher, Deep Silver, uh, said that they won't be offering refunds, to which point everybody lost their collective minds. They were really, really ticked off. They're like, you can't do this. You know, we were promised Steam keys. You can't bait and switch for an Epic Game Store key. And I can understand why a lot of people would be upset about that because maybe they don't want to use the Epic Games Store. Maybe they don't like Epic Games and they don't want to have to install Epic Games in order to play something that they bought. By getting something on Kickstarter, I look at it as buying. Uh, they don't want to do that uh, with something that they bought that they weren't told was going to be an Epic Games Store exclusive. Now... Since then, everybody was really, really ticked off. Um, the the uh, Deep Silver, the publisher, uh, they said, "Okay, well, you know, we'll we'll make sure that it, it it does comes to come to Steam as well." And everybody breathed a sigh of relief until they realized that it was going to be another year. Uh, so it's going to come to the Epic Games Store, and at some point, it could be up to a year later it will come to Steam. So the people who backed this project back before Epic Games came into the uh, came into this and, and said, here's a pile of cash, here's some Fortnite money, 
here's some V-Bucks, everyone. Uh, bring Shenmue over to us. Uh, before that happened, the, the biggest fans of Shenmue bought in expecting you to get Steam keys. And now they're going to have to wait an extra year. The biggest fans are going to have to wait an extra year unless they accept the key on Epic Games, which I think is just really, really slimy. Uh, one person said, I have all of my games on Steam. I backed this with $300. I chose a Steam version on the survey. And now you tell me I will get an Epic game key? Seriously, I have no words for this. Uh, so, yes, they've said that it will be released on Steam in the future. This is on an FAQ. Uh, but the typical Epic Games Store exclusivity period is one year, so we should expect that to be the same, too. Uh, Shenmue 3 releases on PC and PS4 on November 19th this year. And I just think that this is really, really lame. Now, is this... Um, Epic Games fault. I don't know. I think this is really more of, I think the real issue here, yes, this is Epic Games fault, but I think the bigger issue here is the fact that Deep Silver said, we're not going to offer you a refund if you request it. That right there is my problem with this. And I am, I'm very, very curious as to what you guys think. By the way, I am recording this live. If you are a regular Feel free to hop into the green room and tell me what you think about this or some other topic that you want to talk about. Uh, while we're waiting for someone to call, I will read things from the chat real quick. All right. Uh, where are we here? Uh, so Smashblock says that that's not good. Does a facepalm emote. Uh, Vaxxer says $300 is, is an oof amount of money. Uh, just to be fair, you didn't have to spend $300 for Shenmue 3. That was probably one of the higher tiers that got you, like the crazy leather jacket and things like that. Um, I, I was never going to buy Shenmue 3. I, I never was. So uh, this doesn't affect me, but good God, if, if this happened to me, if I were one of the backers, I would be so absolutely furious right now. All right, it doesn't look like anybody wants to call in about Shenmue 3, and that's okay. Sometimes that happens. Let's um, Let's stop for a sec. And when we come back, I'm going to take another drink of water because my throat is killing me. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about EA and their weirdo definitions of stuff. If you're going to spend your time playing video games, why not play them on something that can also teach you about computing? Get a Commodore 64 or VIC-20. Uh, EA, their vice president of legal and government affairs, was recently talking... And they refused to word, use the word loot box. So they were asked, what do you think about uh, these? I, actually, I don't know if this will work or not. Let me, let me see if this will play. Let's listen. Can I ask you, both companies, do you consider loot boxes to be a, an, an ethical feature of your games? Kerry? Well, first, we don't call them loot boxes. I think that was... Whatever a, term but, you wish to apply yeah, to them, so, do so, you consider them ethical? So what we look at as, as surprise mechanics. Nah, um, right. But I think it's important to look at this. So uh, if, yeah. if, you go to, if you go to a... Uh, I don't know what your version of Target is, but as a store that sells a lot of toys, and you do a search for surprise toys, 
what you'll find is that this is something people enjoy. They enjoy surprises. And so it's, it's something that's been part of toys for years, whether it's Kinder Eggs or Hatchimals or LOL Surprise. Um, we do think the way that we have implemented these kind of mechanics, and, and FIFA, of course, is our big one, our FIFA Ultimate Team in our packs, is actually quite ethical and quite fun. Enjoy. Quite ethical and quite fun is how they describe their surprise mechanics. Um, I, I honestly, this is just about the most tone deaf and idiotic response that somebody could give. First off, pretending that you don't refer to them as loot boxes is asinine because you do refer to them as loot boxes. I've seen EA tweet about the new Star Wars game, which everybody was talking about. They were, they tweeted no loot boxes, no microtransactions, just Star Wars story or something like that. They refer to them as loot boxes too. So for this woman to be asked, do you think that loot boxes are ethical? And she's like, well, we don't call them loot boxes. That's just, that's just pure deflection. That is idiotic. And I find it I find it insulting. It is incredibly insulting. Uh, TF Wagner in chat says, this sounds like a company talking to government officials. It was a company talking to government officials. I'm not sure which government. I'm going to make a guess. Don't at me if I'm wrong. Uh, but I think that it was Ireland because of that guy's accent. But if it's not, if it's like some some other country... Listen, I'm just a, a guy in his attic. Don't don't be mad at me, all right? Uh, I find this to be wildly insulting that they would say, oh, it's not a loot box. It's surprise mechanics. Now, she then made a comparison to Kinder Eggs, which a lot of people latched onto because Kinder Eggs are banned in the U.S. But what I think a lot of people, like a lot of people are latching onto that, and that's allowing... That, that's distracting from the real issue. The real issue is that loot boxes are gambling. And if you disagree with me, that's fine. I would love to hear your reasons why you don't think loot boxes are gambling, but I think they are. And I'm not going to retread my reasons because I've talked about it at length on the show before. But I say that loot boxes are gambling. And that's the real, that's the real thing that we want to talk about. People are grabbing onto Kinder Eggs and saying, ah, Ah, we've got this company who is making you know, this American company and she focuses on, she gives the one example that's banned in the U.S. Okay, Kinder Eggs are not banned in the U.S. because of the gambling. They're banned in the U.S. because they're a choking hazard. You, some kid is going to throw the whole uh, egg in their mouth or something or they're gonna take a bite and that bite might contain the toy that's inside the chocolate egg and then they'll choke to death. And, you know, we live in America where everybody sues. So, you know, you don't wanna, yeah, smash block and chat, don't eat the toy. They're banned because kids can eat the toy, not because it's gambling. Is it gambling to buy a Kinder Egg which may have the toy that you want in it? Yeah, it is. And it's weird to think of it that way. I personally define gambling as spending money on something 
in order to get uh no, here here let me let me say this again spending either real or virtual money on something in order to get a desired result or in order to get a chance at a desired result a lot of people will say well it's not gambling if you can't get money from it i disagree i still think it's gambling but you know you we can have that discussion some other time or you can go back and listen to my other like I had Scott Johnson on the show and he, he's like one of my podcasting heroes. And we just, dis, we disagreed about this. He doesn't think it's gambling. I do. Um, but for her to just say, oh, we call them surprise mechanics. And if you go to Target and Google surprise toys, you know, you're going to find that they're very popular. It doesn't matter if it's popular. FIFA is popular. It doesn't matter if it's popular. That doesn't mean it's ethical. Just because something is done everywhere doesn't mean it's a good idea. We were watching Stranger Things with my son. And in that show, everybody is smoking. Everybody. Everybody's smoking. Like just cigarette after cigarette after cigarette. And my son said, why is, why is everybody smoking? And I was like, well, it was the 80s. Everybody smoked. And he said, well, did you smoke? I was like, well, you know, I was in grade school, so no. But I did smoke in the 90s, and I quit when, uh, when we had kids because I wanted to be around for those kids. But, you know, back in the 80s and 90s and 70s and 60s and 50s, everybody smoked. Just because a lot of people do something and enjoy it doesn't mean it's a good idea. So her idea that lots of people like surprises, that's just idiocy. And I find it to be ridiculous. So I'm very curious what you guys think of this. I I hope you agree with me. But if you don't, let me know. If you're watching this on YouTube, you know, let me know in the comments down below. If you want to let me know via Twitter, I'm at RunJumpStomp. If you... uh, if you want to call in and leave a voicemail, I may play it on the show. Go to runjumpstomp.com slash voicemail. Uh, but I just think it's just so stupid. And we're not as dumb as EA thinks we are. That's the thing. EA thinks EA thinks that we're idiots. And that's why they said that. It's not that that woman is dumb. It's that she thinks we're so dumb that we will fall for her shenanigans. And I just find that to be insulting. All right, let's let's wrap up the show. If you want to be part of the community, join us over at runjumpstomp.com slash discord. Watch the show live and join in the conversation at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. Get a hold of me on Twitter at runjumpstomp. Use the hashtag RJSPOD. If you are looking for ways to support the show, runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. And for more content like this, check out runjumpstomp.com slash shows. Uh, The music that is here on Run Jump Stomp is Through a Cardboard World by Tony Lays. Uh, Make sure that you check out their stuff. Uh, Follow the link in the show notes, and I'll see you guys next time. You guys stay awesome. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.